Hello, and welcome to In the Limelight, Vanity Fair's entertainment and pop culture podcast. I'm Josh Duboff, Vanity Fair senior writer, and I'm here with Julie Miller, Vanity Fair senior Hollywood writer. On In the Limelight, we analyze the ins and outs of pop culture, entertainment, and celebrity from the past week, from the Kardashians to Kate Middleton and everything in between. As ever, we have some great Broil-related subjects to discuss this week, including... I'm not sure how we're going to get through this without kind of just exploding with excitement, but Meghan Markle's birthday is coming up this weekend, so we're going to talk about her plans. But unfortunately, we have to discuss some uh, continuing Markle family drama as well. Right. I think exactly what she wanted for her birthday was just even more more interviews from Tom himself. Uh, we're also going to check in on two podcast favorites, Lindsay Lohan and Leonardo DiCaprio, both of whom are having quite the beachy fun summers. First off, let's talk about Megan's birthday, which is this Saturday. Megan's turning 37, and it's her first birthday as an official royal member. First birthday as a duchess. I was very interested to hear how she's going to celebrate it, and I'm kind of surprised. Well, right. She and Harry are celebrating by going to someone else's wedding. According to People, the couple will spend August 4th at the wedding of Harry's childhood friend, Charlie Van Strobenzi, to Daisy Jenks. According to the magazine, the pals met at Ludgrove Prep School and have remained close ever since. Charlie was a guest at Harry and Meghan's wedding, Harry will be Charlie's best man, a fact we know because of royal photographer Tim Rook. And a word on Tim Rook from People, he's also known as Rookie and was nearly at the receiving end of a polo ball shot by the 33-year-old royal at his charity game on Thursday. Love the detour into like the biographical details. Like, it's interesting to me that people decided to give us this information. Right. But um, I suppose William and Kate are also expected to attend. Charlie's older brother, Thomas, is Princess Charlotte's godfather. Josh, what do you have to say about this? Now, so at first my thought was that, you know, it was kind of a strange way to spend one's birthday. It's, you know, someone else's wedding. And I feel like I've had friends who have been in that scenario and they kind of complain sometimes about it. Like the focus is on someone else, but it's your birthday. And also because Harry's in the wedding party because he's his best man, you know, he's going to be theoretically, I'm not really sure if weddings, these formal royal weddings adhere to the same, uh, you know, structures as the ones here, but he might be like all day occupied with like photos and like the mimosas getting ready and all that stuff. So Megan might just be kind of like on her own, I would imagine for some of the day, um, which seems also odd to me, but and then also, I just logistically, it seems kind of funny because, like, already it's going to be kind of, I'm sure, a distraction that, like, Meghan Markle is there. And then it's her birthday on top of that. And, like, when the wedding cake comes out, will that be, like, rerouted to her for her birthday cake? Like, will they sing happy birthday to her separately? But the more I've thought about it, the more I think maybe it's actually kind of Meghan... My Megan might actually think this is kind of nice, like those that the pressure's off a little bit. And like she's had the royal wedding, she's had so much attention on her. Maybe she'll kind of like that it's not so much about her on her actual birthday. What do you think though? Right. 
I think I am 100% with your whole theory. I think because of all the family drama, all the focus on that, she's going to kind of be happy to be in the background with the attention not on her. Um, Hopefully she can pick like a fun dress. I wonder if we'll even be getting photos. I wonder if this is like an outdoor wedding, how Charlie has to kind of accommodate them at his own wedding. That's kind of a weird thing to have to budget for when planning an that's event, a good right? call i know like it's a it's kind of an unusual i feel like most of these people don't have to think so much about like the logistics or security or right, you know the photo right. situation and then all of a sudden you're having this like high profile wedding because megan and if kate's there too right like i hope we get some sort of cell phone video of kate and megan on the dance floor but i don't know if people are going to be allowed to have cell phones Right. All of a sudden, without even like knowing you had to have this, you're going to have to have like a social media free wedding. If William and Kate are going, I think that's actually optimal because then Kate and Megan can hang out if William and Harry have like groomsmen responsibilities or whatever. I mean, I guess Megan will be fine either way. Agreed. You know, there's going to be some busybody wedding guest who tries to like come over to chat with Megan too, you know? I mean, imagine if you're seated at Megan and Harry's table at this wedding. I mean, I can't even imagine. They're probably like cordoned off in their own area. Right. They're probably like behind some sort of velvet rope, but we would have moved the place cards. We would have tried to get a photo booth shot with Megan. How do you think they'll address that it's Megan's birthday at this wedding? Like, do you think they'll sing to her? Do you think they'll do any sort of way of referencing it? I don't know. It's also weird for the bride because the bride wants all the attention on herself, probably. I would, if... I were the bride, I would probably allow for a happy birthday to be sung, but after, like, I have the first dance. Yeah, like, later on, sort of in in the middle of the party portion, I feel like they're going to bring out a small cake for her. You think so? I feel like if you didn't, I don't know, she's like a duchess now. Right, right, you would, they would have to have something for her, I think. The whole thing is weird. Also, I'm kind of curious now, like, it's kind of weird to me, this couple, I don't know, maybe they... They must have consciously picked this date knowing it was Megan's birthday, right? Right, unless they had to, you know, book the venue like two years ago and Megan wasn't even on the scene. And they're like, damn it, of all the people, of all the birthdays, of all the people. I also love because Megan gave a speech at her own wedding, which is so out of the box, untraditional. I kind of like the theory that she is just going to speak at every single wedding she attends from now on. I would love that. Like a birthday speech. I would love that too. Like a state a state of the union almost. We did get photos when they went to um, Princess Diana's niece's wedding. Remember, like right after that, the really strange, the blue and white dress. How could I forget? So I wonder if... I feel like we're going to get photos. That's my prediction. Because I feel like this isn't going to be, this isn't even like a Pippa Middleton situation. Like I'm sure this couple isn't having their wedding at like a secret secure place. So I bet, I bet we're going to get something. I bet we're going to get something. And I bet that Megan is going to bring it in terms of fashion. Not like she ever doesn't bring it, but I think we're going to see a color that we haven't seen on her before. It's kind of crazy. It's her birthday. But like just to kind of deal with this. But yeah, no, I, I agree. I think she's going to bring it. I'm really interested if Kate and her will like walk in together. There's like a lot of variables. 
Should we get into the Tom of it now or? Yeah, I think so. So one thing that's kind of put a damper a little bit on Megan's spirits, probably leading into her birthday, is that Thomas Markle decided the weekend before was a great time to give yet another interview. Julie, this one was, I like can't even believe this sort of, <laughs> it was that he gave a nine hour interview to the Daily Mail. I don't understand. Sorry to interrupt. I don't understand the logistics of that. Was this in person? Was it on the phone? Was there, was it like a sleepover? I have so many questions. It was in person, I think. Cause like they described their like, the setting of like this restaurant they're at at one point nine hours over the course of three days i feel like i couldn't even interview megan for nine hours like that's a long interview or i was trying to like i don't even know how do you talk to him for nine hours i don't think i could make conversation with tom markle for nine minutes let alone nine hours like what would you do hours that's just a bonkers amount of time. Like, I can't even focus almost on the content of the interview because I'm just so tripped out by this nine hours element. Also, over three days, like, this is the kind of access you get for, I don't know, I guess he has all the time in the world to give to the Daily Mail or whoever, but it's just, that's a, a preposterous amount of time for this subject. Right, and they must have paid him handsomely. No, they, they said they didn't. It's in the interview that there was no payment and that and they make a point of saying and he didn't ask for any. So, OK, then he is legitimately insane. If he just sat down for a night or just lonely. I think lonely probably is a big part of it. Sadly, this interview is crazy. Like it's so long. I mean, they like include a lot. Like I feel like in the nine hours, it probably doesn't seem like there was that much cut. I feel like there are so many weird tangents. It kind of vacillates between these kind of crazy statements where you feel like, how is he possibly even saying this? And it's like so hurtful and weird to Megan. But then, and then it will bounce back into something sort of flattering about her. Like it's very up and down. It's like very hard to read because it doesn't even seem like it's clear what he's trying to say or like get out of it. It's like very kind of disconcerting the whole thing. And like, I guess as as we've already talked about with his other interviews, like I just really don't get how if his, if his goal is to reconnect with her and have her back in his life, this is such the wrong way of going about it. But let's talk about some of the weirdest parts. So he says he's been completely cut off, which like, yeah, obviously (laughs) he said, he said, I'm really hurt. She's cut me off completely. He says he used to have a phone number and a text number for her personal aides. But after he said a few critical words, which like is putting it so lightly about the royal family, they cut me off. Those numbers were disconnected. They no longer work. I have no way of contacting my daughter. He brings up the birthday kind of early on. So he says, it's her birthday on August 4th. I want to send her a card. But if I send a birthday card to Kensington Palace or wherever she's living now, I'll just be one among thousands. She'll probably never see it. This is where it gets even... He goes on these really weird, like, taking it to the the next step. I thought about sending it by Priority Mail Express, but the palace would probably just soak it in water for three days to make sure it doesn't explode. Like, what a weird thing to say. Julie's expression is, like, such an incredible grimace right now. Also, side note, Julie, as I was, like, putting, putting this together, did you realize he's six foot four inches? like a tall guy wow the scale on him that does not fit because he's a wider fellow that's where i was really i was i had always imagined he was like five seven for some reason 
Anyway, this is like, I mean, it's like each part is crazier than the next. He said it could be better for Megan if he died. He said, I'm lucky I'm still alive. Men in my family rarely live over 80, so I'd be surprised if it's under 10 years. I could die tomorrow. It wouldn't be so bad. I have something of a Buddhist philosophy about death. Perhaps it would be easier for Megan if I died. Everybody would be filled with sympathy for her. But I hope we reconcile. I'd hate to die without speaking to her again. Like, Julie, what do you, like, I don't even know how you, like, engage with some of this stuff because it's just like, what? Like, how is anyone even supposed to respond to that? Right. This is just crazy talk. Also, has he reached out to Doria? Like, he says he has no way of contacting his daughter. But that, to me, seems like the obvious answer would be speaking to Doria, not speaking to Piers Morgan, not sitting down for a Mm. nine-hour interview with the Daily Mail. Yeah, that's a good point. But then, so he... So on that point, he kind of seems a little bitter about Doria. So he says, I refuse to stay quiet. And like, this is where sometimes he's like going counterproductive. I mean, like, that's like the most obvious thing ever. Thomas Markle going counterproductive. But I, I refuse to stay quiet. What riles me is Megan's sense of superiority. She'd be nothing without me. I made her the duchess she is today. Everything that Megan is, I made her. Like, somehow to me, that was even more intense than the, like, I could die tomorrow thing. He made Megan. He's like, I mean, this, it's just... Kind of like, it just, it sounds to me like all of a sudden, he is he insulated by, like, weird hangers-on who are telling him all of these things? I don't understand this logic at all. So he, so on Doria, though, he says, oh, she's a mummy's girl now, and Doria gets a lot of credit. And the Daily Mail adds with a trace of bitterness in his voice. But Megan seems to have forgotten that she lived with me up until Dory and I divorced when she was six. And even then, I was still a big part of her life. He says he's the one who picked her up late. When Megan was 11, she moved back in with me up until she was 17. So he seems a little bit, he's like chafing at this idea that like Doria is somehow like painted as like the positive parent, I guess. And then he will flip out into the other direction and he says, like, Megan is everything to me. I love her and always will. Anyway, it's so hard to parse through all of this. But I think the final straw or the thing that, like, really caught my eye this time is he brings Diana into it. And I feel like that is the no-no. Like, that is where you just, you can't go to Diana. And I feel like any possible chance he had of, like, Megan down the line thinking, do you agree? I don't know. Oh, I just I feel like to me, that, to me that seems like, the thing you just don't bring up. So he said, they have Megan treating her father, meaning the royal family, has Megan treating her father in a way that Harry's mother, Princess Diana, would have loathed. That's not what Diana stood for. Princess, And then he kind of just goes off from there. Princess Diana is credited with changing the royal family, but she wasn't perfect. She was still very much one of them. Which, what? What has been happening in his mind? I can't even... And then he says, if, if he says about Harry, I don't care if Harry never speaks to me again, I'll survive. Like, every, like he's not... It, it, I just, that's the thing. It's like almost like he's just a grenade at this point, like causing destruction and, and like, in his warpath. Like, why, why would you say any of this if, like, as he says, occasionally he just wants to see her again? I really shouldn't even say this, but the only times I sometimes do laugh is when he brings up, like, the fashion stuff. So he said... I blame the royal family. I can see the strain she's under. The royal family has taken her back to the 1930s, and it's ridiculous. Oh, she shows a little shoulder here, a touch of ankle there, but she's not the Megan I knew for years. You can even see her wondering whether she's doing it right every time she crosses her ankles rather than her legs. 
Actually, I don't like that. I feel like he's just, it's so critical. It's weird. Like, this is your daughter. He's not like a commentator about the royals. I know. It's like he's a an internet troll. He goes from being like a Twitter troll to kind of her father to kind of a royal watcher who's... I know. Like, sometimes reading this, I divorce it from the fact that, like, he's her father because I just don't even want to think about it because I just can't even imagine. Yeah, honestly, I feel like the Daily Mail comments aren't even as harsh as some of these. And Josh has not even gotten into the kidnapping tangent. <laughs> I know. Can you imagine, like, already the depths of the kind of, like, de depraved nonsense we've, like, already uncovered here and that he we have still haven't even gotten to what I'm calling the kidnapping tangent, <laughs> which is he says... One of the few good things about being followed by paparazzi is if anyone tries to kidnap me, we'd have a dozen photos of them. Like, op, like what, where is this apropos of even? I was offered security during the royal wedding and the palace sent someone over to discuss security with me. Unfortunately, I was in the hospital with my heart attack when they came. I never saw them. And then when I couldn't go to the wedding, I never heard about security again. I don't worry about being kidnapped, even though it's something that happens in Mexico with wealthy people held for ransom. But it's a concern that the more I'm written about, the more kidnappers might consider me a target. Not after reading this nine-hour interview. Like, if there was ever a deterrent, it was this. I don't know, the would be like, I don't want to have to like, listen to this for nine hours. No, thanks. What is this? Where, like, where is he going with this? It's just so confusing to me. If at this point someone did report that he had been kidnapped, I would assume that he and Samantha Markle... Dead. Right, like some sort of Getty family. But of course they would botch that too. <laughs> yeah. And then I feel like this... I think the Diana comments, just the fact that this is still going on, I feel like the public sentiment is so clearly, obviously it already was, but even more now, just kind of like, what are you doing? And I feel like Chrissy Teigen sort of stands in as this like avatar for the like casual royal observer in America. Um, and she said, she tweeted over the weekend after this interview, this guy, this guy sucks. What is wrong with him? Let your daughter be happy, please. This is embarrassing. Um, and of course, Samantha couldn't help but getting in here. Um, and she kind of got back at Chrissy, I guess. I barely even want to read her response because it's just like offensive, <laughs> but she calls her a pudgy airhead who nobody, who knows nobody in the family. Uh, and she says she's opening her pie hole. This guy is our father and deserves a lot of respect. You are the one who sucks. Like, it's just, it's such a mess. Like, why is she coming after Chrissy Teigen? Oh, she's just kind of a hateful personality, almost like some sort of, like, Fox News anchor just coming for this beloved celebrity like Chrissy Teigen. Yeah, like, how dare you say this about Chrissy? I just, I, I wrote help after this because I don't even know what, I don't even know what to say or do. Like, well, Julie, what can we do about this? When will everyone just forget about him? Do you think he'll run out of, my thing is, do you think he'll run out of ammunition at a certain point? Not that he even has any now, but like. I don't know. It's very clear that the palace was kind of letting him hang himself with his own rope, but he keeps finding more rope and I'm scared. I feel like he just continually is like ratcheting up the stakes. The ante. Yeah. Right. So if this was a nine-hour interview, I honestly shudder to think about what he's going to do next weekend over her actual birthday weekend. Actual birthday. I know. I could see him trying to up the uh, photo op 
fuckedness too. Like, what if some tabloid flies him to London? What if some tabloid flies him when she does her U.S. tour to the different locations they're going to? Like, I don't know. I feel like there could be new ways for him and Samantha to, like, try to, I don't know, cause a scene. Uh, The last thing I think anyone wants is him to, like, show up in London and, like, demand an audience with her. But, like, I feel like I'm not. that's not past the point of happening at this point. Right. And God knows, like, Piers Morgan would be there for Tom to do that if he wanted him to. I don't understand. I feel like the palace is almost... Like making a mistake by not getting involved? And they have to get involved. Like, if this is just going to keep happening. Yeah. I know. It does just feel like this might be the rare occasion where I I usually am down with their, like, no-comment approach because I feel like it's hard sometimes to, like, see what you could add that would, I don't know like not just add fuel to the fire or like you don't want to like give him almost the credibility but like he's her father and if he's going to keep talking i know i have never wanted wished for a dr phil encounter but could dr phil talk some sense into him well at one point in this in the rambling interview he says if megan had just said this is a paraphrase but like if megan had just given samantha a little bit of attention samantha would be like heaping praise upon her which also feels weird like he's almost saying that like they just want like a response from her but like somehow i feel like that that wouldn't end things even at this point right i feel like harry or megan should release some sort of statement from the palace that would be good i think maybe addressing tom yeah maybe or what if the queen because he has such a fixation on the queen what if the queen like issued a condemnation of him or something i don't really know if that would work but right i would love that but i also don't want to give him that satisfaction right of knowing that he's on her radar i mean what a dilemma i know i feel like we need to like move on to something that's happier who knew we would get to the day where Lindsay Lohan would be the wholesome counterpoints? How, how things get put into perspective. But I think Julie and I are both very excited about the possibilities of Lindsay Lohan's new reality show. Uh, gosh, it's such a bright spot to be able to move from Thomas Markle to this. It's called Lohan Beach Club. Um, unfortunately, we have to wait till 2019 for what I think Julie and I are both predicting will be an Emmy-winning television enterprise. Mark our word. It began shooting in Mykonos this week, and Lindsay graciously filmed sort of a mini little 18-second trailer, uh, which, from the looks of it, she might have just filmed on her iPhone herself, which feels very Lindsay. Pack your bags, MTV. We're going to Mykonos. Like, little B-roll of her in, like, various scenarios. I've joined the MTV family, and I'm Lindsay Lohan. Definitely all feels very much like she just kind of did the production on her own. Get ready. Right, it looks like she's just holding up a phone and maybe Instagramming herself. According to MTV, the docuseries will follow her as she works to expand her business empire with the launch of Lohan Beach House. The exclusive seaside destination will serve as a backdrop for the series, complete with a restaurant and a transformative day and nightclub. Lohan will lead a team of hand-picked brand ambassadors who must prove their expertise, ambition, and charm over the course of the season. Julie, can we please try to get cast as these brand ambassadors? Well, one of my questions for you is like what our hopes for the show is. I just want to see 
Lindsay just in her daily life. I, I mean, I'm excited to see these brand ambassadors, but I feel like everything she does is fascinating to me, kind of. Did you watch the Lifetime one she did with Oprah's network? Oh, no, sorry. It was on own, not Lifetime. Because that was kind of a, the craziest reality show I think I've ever seen because it was like six episodes, but it was like nothing happened. It was just her sort of living in New York, but like there was no real plot. So each episode was just her like unboxing stuff and like moving boxes from one room to the next. But then she wouldn't feel like filming. So then it would be the production crew and like title cards. Like after unpacking these boxes, Lindsay did not feel like filming. So that was the whole episode. It would be Lindsay doing something inconsequential, Lindsay not wanting to film, and then like Lindsay unpacking her closet or something. It was kind of actually like um, one of the more meta reality shows I feel like there's ever been because so much of it was just about how she didn't want to film the reality show that she was like contractually obliged to film. Yeah, doesn't didn't like Oprah even have to call in at one point to tell her to like get back to work or something? No, I feel like she called in, but then Oprah had to like broker a face to face with her at some point because she just wasn't doing any sort of work. I I hope we're getting Lindsay just in peak manager mode. I kind of I imagine that instead of like a manager's office, Lindsay just spends the day like on a, a cabana ordering people <laughs> around. And I love there was like something that went around a week ago. I think one of her employees posted a photo and it was like both of them and one of them what was it one of them had different shoes than the other right they Um, were two like hostesses in their cute little white uniforms beachy uniforms but they had on different pairs of shoes and Lindsay commented yeah and she just said like like the shoe what'd she say like the shoes need to be the, the shoes need to match like you're fired the shoes need to match please be wearing matching she definitely didn't say please but you need to be wearing matching shoes it was amazing her her like ordering the people around seems like it could be fun um also the 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 people report i was uh looking at hypothesized that um tiffany trump who was in Mykonos this past weekend with Lindsay and they were Instagramming up a storm together, uh, could maybe appear on the show because they started filming and Tiffany was clearly there. Um, and Tiffany and Lindsay are buddies. So we could have a presidential uh, sort of influence here as well. Right. I just am excited for any glimpse into her life. I would love to see who her crew is, who she hanging out with these days. Is Dina and Mykonos... Or any family members there? A fun uh, aspect, too, is it's a true family affair. Allie Lohan will be doing the theme song for the Lohan reality show. Wow. Congrats all around. <laughs> no, Allie's big music break. I can't wait for us to go. I know. I'm already planning our outfits. I feel like we need to wear all white. This is a great transition into our other beach-related news, which is Leo's kind of summer activities. There's been a lot of Leo updates. There have been a lot of Leo updates this past month that we haven't really even gotten into, but just combing through, I can kind of piece together exactly where and what he was doing for the summer. Julie charting out the like SVU style timeline on her bulletin board. Right. I have a globe with just pins where Leo and Cammy have been. Currently, they're in Saint-Tropez. Cammy. Um, he's with his girlfriend, Cammy Marone. Everyone will recall we had an episode earlier this year where we discussed Leo is 43. Cammy is in her 
I believe she's 21. She is, she's a young girl. Her mother is dating Al Pacino. So it's this amazing case of these two beautiful Brazilian women dating decades older men. Um, so she is on vacation with Leo and Saint-Tropez. And I love that Leo took Cammy's mom along with them, which just seems like this is not anything I would have predicted for him, right? Like I can see... That, that does... That seems off for him. I can see him bringing his mom. He's very tight with his mother on vacation, but it seems a little bit weird to go to Saint-Tropez. Also, I just feel like in this case, particularly it's odd because... Like, isn't the mother, like, almost his age exactly? Right. Maybe that's why it's a little more acceptable to him. But, so, the Daily Mail essentially has three breakout posts devoted to every activity this group has done in Saint-Tropez. One of which was a boat ride last night. Um, They have an amazing grainy picture per the Daily Mail. So she's wearing this bathrobe over this formal dress in the boat, which is the most mystifying image. So they're hanging out in Saint-Tropez. Leo and Camila have been dating since December 2017 and have attended a number of events together, including Ellen DeGeneres' 60th birthday party and Coachella. Same class of events. What a duo of events. Cammy has been doing a ton of press lately. She has a new movie which we should go out and support. It comes out August 3rd. It's called Never Going Back. It got great reviews at Sundance. Really? Good for Cammie. Good for Cammie. And we've been seeing a lot more of Leo. Leo is currently shooting a movie with Brad Pitt in Los Angeles. Julie, you have to track them down on set. I know. They're shooting Quentin Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It's about a TV actor and his stunt double, who embark on an odyssey to make a name for themselves in the film industry during the Charles Manson murders in 1969 Los Angeles. Leo plays the TV actor, Brad Pitt plays the stunt double, and in a little bit of clever, friendly casting, it seems as though Leo got Al Pacino a bit part. Al Pacino plays Leo's character's agent, Marvin Schwartz. So there are all kinds of photos of the three of them in period costume. I know, it's incredible. So Leo's been doing that. He's been in Saint-Tropez. And he's also, I don't know how he finds the time to fly back to Malibu for a few beach volleyball games. The first one took place on the 4th of July at a party hosted by Leo and Sean Penn. And there were all sorts of photos of them playing beach volleyball with a bunch of girls, beautiful girls. Cammie was there. And then a few, le- a few weeks later, Leo was photographed again on a different beach in Malibu playing volleyball with Ansel Elgort. That's a weird one to me. Like, what's the connection there? I know. And everybody reported it, including the Metro, saying the baby driver star wore a pair of blue shorts, mirrored sunglasses, and a beaded necklace for the game, while Leo chose to keep his white shirt on. I felt like that was a little bit of, like, body shaming or something on the Metro's part. (laughs) I feel like so. I feel the same. Whatever the points at the end of the game, we declare everyone a winner for being part of a team with an A-lister. 
That's how the Metro finished off that report. Miraculously, AE managed to track down Ansel Elgort. Wow, that's some good journalism. Well, no, he was promoting some sort of fragrance. <laughs> and at the end of like asking him all about the fragrance, they they wondered how he ended up on Malibu Beach playing volleyball with Leo. And I love how casual his answer was. He said, LA is just like that. It's random. If you go to LA, you end up with people like that. I'm from New York. That's not a normal thing for me. So he makes it seem like you get off a flight, you get your bag at LAX. And like a black car just takes you to the beach where Leo's waiting for you. Like Right. Josh, I'm sure you've had similar experiences coming out. I feel like that's such a funny like non-answer because like you end up with people like that. Like as if that's like a just an everyday occurrence. Right. It's Um I'm intrigued though by Leo. Maybe this is I feel like this needs to be fact checked, but I feel like it's interesting to me he wants to do such like an athletic pursuit. Like I feel like I usually associate him with just like lounging on a yacht, like smoking cigars, vaping, like going to you know what I mean? Like Beach volleyball seems a little bit unexpected. Agreed. I know it doesn't quite fit, especially given how hot it's been in Los Angeles. It's really hot. Like, I don't know. It just, it doesn't seem like his kind of thing, but maybe is something else going on here that we don't know about. Well, I feel like even the Daily Mail felt that way too, because they go into this long explanation of how Leo dropped out of school and was a child actor, so he never got to play team sports at school with other kids. So that was their rationale that, like, maybe he's getting into it oh now. Oh, God. I love the, like, psychological analysis. It's so weird. The Al Leo, I mean, we've talked about this in other episodes, but, like, if Al married Lucia, is that her name, right? Yes. If, if, he, if Al married her and Leo married Cammy. Al would be Leo's father-in-law? Yes. Like, is that, is that not weird to anyone? <laughs> like, there's just, like, so much weirdness to me about this whole thing. Her, her, it'd be, like, Cammy. Al would be Cammy's stepfather? I don't know. I just don't really get it. Right. And, and I think it's interesting that Ansel and, like, Sean Penn getting in the mix. What's his connection to all of this? But it's very strange the people Leo hangs out with. It's almost like he'll just hang out with any celebrity. Oh, and, um... There was another beach volleyball game this summer with him and um, Scott Eastwood, Clinton. Right. I know. It's like, is there a bat signal that just goes up? I really don't get it. I like it, though, kind of. I feel like he's like, I feel like his summer seems to be very, uh, like, active for him. It seems like he's having a great summer. Yeah, There's agreed. There's one other item. On July 12th, he went out to dinner with Al Pacino, his potential father-in-law. And LeBron James at a Greek restaurant in Beverly Hills called Avra. Well, we need to go when I come to LA in a few weeks. Yes. I love that Leo wore jeans and a hoodie and a baseball cap. Al wore his usual blazer, scarf, and shades. Al Pacino loves a scarf. That's so funny. I didn't even know that. Right. Do you think Leo and Brad are hanging out offset at all? That's what I wanted to know. I feel like they have to be hanging out a little bit. When you're that level of a movie star, how few other people have gone through that same experience? I imagine you would just enjoy the company of someone who understood that 
feeling, yeah, right? I feel like Brad now being a bachelor, like I feel like Leo and him, I guess Leo's technically dating Cammy, but like I feel, I don't know, I just feel like they would have a similar vibe right now. Right. I know. I'm trying to think of what they could do on like a friendly date if they were to hang out outside of the film set, what they might do together. Like, would they go on a boat together? Would they go like on those scooters together? Do they ride motorcycles? I feel like Brad is into motorcycles. Does I don't think Leo is, though. Leo's more into, like, an SUV with a bunch of pizza. Oh, my God, right. But, yeah, I'm curious. I feel like we haven't seen them out together, and I feel like that's the next. Maybe Brad... I don't see Brad doing beach volleyball, though. No, I feel like Brad likes a lower profile. Brad's been very low-key, that's true. I feel like we don't really see very many paparazzi photos of him these days. It's like, oh, it's a... He's sort of keeping a low-key... In my fantasy fiction, maybe Brad would just invite Leo over and Brad would make him dinner and they would just kind of talk. I could see that. Maybe it's all just very much like come to my place, like not trying to trying to avoid the cameras. Right. I'd love it. I'd love a first person report of like someone who ran into one of these beach volleyball games or played in one. Right. I know. I feel like someone has to know someone who was on Leo's team with some some intel. Well, on that note, if you do uh, have any tips for us whatsoever or questions about any of the above, thoughts on Meghan Markle's birthday, what you would get her, uh, we have a new hotline voicemail box that you can call and reach us at. We'd love to hear from you. And the number is 347-790-0966. I feel like we are excited to hear anything you might have to say about Meghan, any of the topics above. Yes. Also remember to rate and review us on iTunes. You can also reach out to us on Twitter at In the Limelight to discuss any of these subjects and follow us individually at Julie W. Miller. And I'm at Jay Duboff. We're also on Instagram at In the Limelight Pod. Watch out on Saturday for some Megan Instagram birthday content, I'm sure. This episode was edited and produced by Danielle Roth. Thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you next week. Until then, no, no bad, bad energy. energy.